0: Hi! Welcome to On The Daily Season Two, a podcast focusing on authentic and acoustic entrepreneurship. My name is Danielle McCleary, I am your host. Y'all, I just left a nine-year fitness career to pursue full-time entrepreneurship, so I am in the trenches with you, but I got big dreams of being a millionaire and helping other people to become millionaires as well. So together, we're going from stuck to unstoppable, and I'm so excited that you're here for this ride. Let's freaking go. Welcome back to the On The Daily Podcast. This is your host, Danielle McCleary, and today we have quite the episode for you. This episode is all about manifestation and how it works and how you can do it and how you can apply it to your business and your life and your goals and your relationships and all the things. And today we have my new friend, Afia Solter, joining us, who is all the way in Melbourne, and she is... Such a gift to this world, the way she speaks about manifestation, the way that she's implemented into her life, how she found it. It's all just so riveting. And something that I know so many of you are always so curious about is the power of manifestation. So, I am so excited to welcome her onto the show. If this is your first episode with On The Daily, welcome to the show. I'm so excited that you're here. Make sure that you subscribe on Apple Podcasts. And if you can, leave us a five-star review, write us a review, leave us a rating, all the things. You can come hang out with me on Instagram as well. My Instagram name is at Danielle underscore On The Daily. You can find the podcast at On The Daily Pod. So we are going to jump right into this interview and I'm so excited. And before we do that, I just want to quickly remind do that tomorrow, March. Second, I am hosting a manifestation workshop for your human design. I'm going to start with my manifesting generators and my generators. So if you are a generator or a manifesting generator, this one will be for you. It'll be at 6 pm Pacific Standard Time, 9 pm Eastern. And we are going to dive into manifestation according to your human design. So what it looks like to be a specific manifester manifesting generator, what it means to be a non-specific manifesting, or a manifester who's a generator, what that can look like in your life, how you can apply it to your life and just answer any questions. It'll be intimate. Space is limited. And we do only have a couple of spots left. So if you are interested in that, click the link in our bio or in our show notes, or you can come and click the link in my Instagram bio and find it there. Um, It is $44 and you will have access to the recording for life after that. So I hope to see you there for all my manifesting generators and generators. I'm So excited to see you there. And if you are a manifester, a projector, or a reflector, your time is coming. I am going to do one for every design type. So don't worry, your time is coming and it'll be sooner than you think. And without further ado, let's get into this episode with Effia Solter. On the Daily family, you have such a treat in store today. Effia Solter, welcome to On the Daily. I'm so glad you're here.
1: I am so glad to be here as well.
0: You are like queen of manifestation and you've like created this entire business around it, right? Like it's just been something you've grown over the years.
1: Yeah, I think it's just such a powerful tool. And I think one of the best parts is that, you know, we all have that innate magic within us. It's about learning how to access it to create the futures that we actually want to live.
0: Mm. I love that. So I was saying to her before we recorded, I feel like I manifested her on this show because I have so many of you who listen to this show have been telling me, I want to learn about manifestation. I want to know how manifestation can work in my business and how it can work in entrepreneurship. And I've just been, I've been on a lot of, I've hired a lot of coaches who do manifestation and coach on manifestation and so i've been kind of thinking to myself like i need to have somebody who is a manifester a master manifester i need that on the show and then i got an email from your team and they were like here's somebody who would be great for you and i was like ah. <laughs> i
1: love that and yeah i i always agree that you know, the synchronicities and things just lining up has been such a time for that, especially like this past few weeks, I feel like I've been having all the synchronicities.
0: Oh, really? That's amazing. Does it ever feel like sometimes like, like, w- what do you make of it when you're out of alignment? When, you know, especially as a manifester, like I want to get into your story, but this is just like a question I thought of, Like when things are not going the way that you want them to go, what are like some, some signs that you know, or like some things that you have to remember, because as a manifester, you're used to like being able to make things work for yourself. So what do you make of it when it's not doing that?
1: Um, I think it's a lot to do with perception. So a lot of people will ask me, like, when do I give up on my manifestation when it isn't working? And I'm like, well, how do you know it's not working? They're like, well, because it's not here. Well, when you're pregnant and you're having a baby, is the baby not growing just because you can't see it and it isn't in your hands? No. So we have Mm -hmm. to like What does it really mean to not be working? And so typically what not working feels like is it's more about the feelings rather than the actual output itself. So if I'm feeling like, Um, So I don't know if you know much about human design, but my human design type is manifesting generator. So when I'm not feeling like myself, I'm frustrated. So when I'm in that frustrated feeling and I'm just getting like annoyed at everything, I know that I need to shift my energy. Like just sitting and wallowing in it is like is not really gonna do anything. So yeah, I think it's really important to be able to sit with all of your emotions, but we don't wanna like live there. We don't wanna live in feeling angry. Don't wanna live in feeling frustrated. Don't wanna live in feeling annoyed. So shaking up that energy and changing that energy for me when I feel like, uh this isn't happening as quickly as I want, or you know, how can I feel more supported is about shifting that energy, allowing myself to process my emotions and then doing practices that are gonna help me to feel more supported.
0: Mm, I love that you mentioned human design. That was gonna be my next question. So I'm actually a human design reader and I'm a six two generator. And I'm also, my manifestation process is non-specific, And I spent my entire life being told, be specific, get as clear as you can, visualize it down to every detail. And then I found myself obsessing over all the things I didn't have. And it totally threw off the universe's ability to give me actually what I wanted or this or something better. And so um, I love that you're talking about that because my my out of alignment feeling is also frustrated. And I know when I'm feeling satisfied that things are aligned. And when I'm frustrated, it, I agree with you. I think it, it, for me, it's like taking a step back and being like, okay, or am I just trying to have too much control over this situation? And should I just trust that the universe has my back a little bit more or God or whoever you pray to, obviously. But for me, it's the universe. Like, should I just like trust a little bit more that the universe has my back in this situation? Usually the answer is yes. (laughs) Always the answer is yes. (laughs) Always the answer is yes. So tell me, how did you get into manifestation? Like, how far back did it go? Tell us a little bit about you and how you came to be. So
1: I actually grew up from the age of like 9, 10 onwards. I was Buddhist. um, And we grew up in next to a Tibetan monastery. And although Buddhism is kind of separate from spirituality, there are a lot of crossovers. And the way that we live life as kids is probably a little bit different from like when I went to high school and I was talking about these things and like yeah we don't do that I'm like oh okay <laughs> it's just a me thing then yeah. um so already was like quite open-minded at that age and I remember like my mom as well when I was like growing up that she would be on like Tony Robbins seminars and reading like Louis, Louise Hay books and she had like all of these crystal orbs around the house and like at that age like I didn't pay that much heed to it but now looking back I'm like oh that probably has actually subconsciously impacted the person who I am today and my mom actually passed away when I was 14 and recently my sister texted me and she's like did you know how into mindset and manifestation our mom was I just found all of these notebooks like filled with affirmations and mindset practices and tools and stuff and I was like oh that's (laughs) amazing yeah so for me yeah it has been something that I have kind of grown up with that and also like as a child I was very like not that I was having existential crises but I had a lot of questions like I remember at age seven being like like, how are we here? And who am I? Like, who is this voice that is talking to myself? And I would forget about it. And then periodically every few years, I'd be like, no, but who am I though? So when I got to my early 20s was really when I began to approach it from a more spiritual land. And it was such a revelation to me that it led me down my own path on this journey of conscious manifestation and creating the future that I actually wanted to have for myself. And having grown up with, you know, after my mom passed away, it was a really difficult period of time for me like six months after my mom passed away my grand passed away a year after that my friend at school passed away and it felt like my life was just so heavy and I was experiencing anxiety and depression as you would be at that time but back then we didn't really have terms for them and they weren't really as talked about as they are now like it wasn't a common thing to be like oh I'm experiencing some anxiety now I'm just like oh I feel like the world is ending I don't really know why and that was always something that was going on in the background you know. And so it kind of came to a head at at this point in 2015, when I'd finished my first degree and I'd gone back to study my master's, not out of a place of desire, but out of a place of fear of like, I don't know where I'm going to go next in my life. So I'm just going to do a master's because I'm good at studying. And then I realized pretty soon into it that it just wasn't for me. Like, I didn't want to be there. I felt so like miserable. And, you know, some people are like, oh, you know, you can just force your way through things. But I would literally be taking like breaks in the middle of classes to just go and sit in the bathroom so it would be 10 minutes less that I would be in the class I was so like unhappy so deeply unhappy and um, yeah it just came to a point where I stopped going to uni I stopped going out I was severely depressed and I wasn't doing anything and I had been trying to get into therapy, which in the UK, we have the National Health Service, which is that you have free healthcare, which is great in some aspect, but it also means that they're incredibly stretched. So when I'm going to the doctors, I'm like, look, I think I need to see someone. They're like, okay, like in a year and a half, we can make that happen. And I'm like, well, that's just going to be too long. So eventually I did end up going to therapy and it didn't, ultimately it didn't work out because you have to have a good relationship with your therapist and we just didn't see eye to eye, which is something that a lot of people talk about is like, it's a really important relationship and it's not necessarily going to be the first person you see is going to be the one that you stick with, but there wasn't the option to change people. It was just like either this person or no one.
0: So You know what's so interesting about that is like, and I am in no mm, way a psychologist. I'm not a psychiatrist. Mm, I am yeah. not offering mental health advice here to anybody listening to this. I found, so I had a therapist for, I mean, probably 10 years. And it was like after my divorce, I got a therapist and I loved her so much. And then she actually left her practice a few years ago to take care of her mom who was sick. And I felt like my world was ending And so I tried to find a new therapist. I like saw like four different ones. And for me, it ended up being that like, I didn't, I, what I needed was no longer therapy. What I needed was a spiritual awakening and I needed to dive into manifesting and I needed to dive into human design and like really go inside and like figure out, cause I had the tools I'd been doing therapy for so long. I had these tools that I hadn't implemented. So it's really interesting that you say that, that, because I agree, I think find a, like Finding a therapist is not just like a one size fits all. It is such a deeply personal connection and relationship. And it also may not be what you need at the moment. And so, like to be really in tune with that in yourself is like a really big deal, I think.
1: Mm, yeah, definitely. To have that level of self awareness and self inquiry to like how do I want to be supported right now? And at that time, like the only way I felt like I knew how to be supported was that. Um so when that fell through, I was kind of disappointed but it was the catalyst I needed to kind of go on my own journey and yeah life really changed for me I went from being like miserable basically on the verge of failing uni not because like I didn't know what I was doing but just because I didn't want to be there which is even more challenging in some ways so I went from that position to the end of the year where I had actually finished ahead of people in my class I'd handed in my stuff three months early I was feeling happier in myself and my body. And I felt like I actually had this like real sense of purpose, not in my achievements or in my accolades, but just like in who I was as a person. And so that led me to realizing like a nine to five career is not what I need to be going into after the most like hectic year of my life. And I decided to move from Scotland to Australia for a year. And this is something I was going to do with my friend. And then three weeks before she said she wasn't coming. So I had the decision of either go alone or don't go at all. And I'd given up my flat. I didn't have, I wasn't going to have a job. So I was like, oh, I kind of have have to go, even though I'm terrified. And it's now five years later and you know, looking back, my life is completely different from what it was. And yes, in all the external things I have, like manifesting my dream apartment or manifesting amount of money, manifesting my business. But the most important thing to me is the relationship I have with myself. Like I wouldn't trade that for anything. And
0: Mm. always in
1: your manifestation journey, I think that's what it comes back to.
0: And you're not meant to do, you weren't meant to go to uni and then get a nine to five because you're a manifesting generator. And like, that's just like not who you are. So that makes so much sense. Wow. Did any of like you staying in Australia, did that have, like, did any of that have to do with the pandemic? Like did the pandemic kind of keep you there or was it completely separate from that? No,
1: completely separate from that. Like I remember when it happened and everyone was like, are you going to come back home to the UK? I'm like,
0: it's, it's not home anymore. I love that. Gosh, that's amazing. That's amazing. So, okay. So talk to me for anybody listening to this, like, what is your definition of being a master manifester? Like what, What is that?
1: To be a master manifestor, I think, is to be incredibly aware of the relationship that you have with yourself and the universe. And that's to say that it doesn't need to be perfect, but you need to be okay with learning things about yourself that may be challenging or that may be uncomfortable, uncovering the parts of yourself that maybe you haven't seen before, building that relationship with your conscious and subconscious mind, because consciously we can say that we want something to happen and be like, yep, I'm all in. Then you're like, why isn't it happening? And it's because that subconscious relationship isn't there. So to me, manifestation is very much about relationships, the internal relationships that we have with ourselves and the universe, and then also the external relationships which are ultimately impacted by the way that you feel about yourself and how supported you feel by the universe and so I think that's a really powerful thing because you know relationships expand throughout time and the more love that we give to the relationships the more that they grow so wherever you're at at the moment if you feel like I'm brand new to this or I've been doing this for a while there is always room for that relationship to grow
0: and what are some examples like give us some things that you've manifested into your life through this like relationship like you can brag here
1: i I don't need an excuse i love to brag (laughs) i'm always like to my clients brag about yourself tell me what's amazing about you they're like this is so uncomfortable i'm like i know but i love it um oh so many things (laughs) Yeah, I think as women, we don't talk about ourselves enough or we'll say something and be like, oh, sorry, or I don't mean to brag. No, you did. Just own it. Yeah, Um, like saying that you didn't
0: mean to is the biggest lie you've ever told. Like you did mean it and you should be doing that. And I tell everybody, I'm like, you're the number one way to grow your business. I don't care what your business is. The number one way to grow your business is to share testimonials. Tell people what people are saying about you, because that is huge. And I feel like this is just an extension of that. So yeah, what have you manifested into your life through these practices?
1: Yes. So I think one of the first things for me that back when I was getting into all of this in 2015 was definitely my soulmate at the time. And although we're no longer together, that relationship definitely served a purpose at the time that we were together. And I don't like regret anything that happened in between there. I manifested, um, I had a travel blog before, everything that happened in the world happened right now, and I manifested working with the New Zealand Tourist Board, Berlin Tourist Board, I travelled around New Zealand for a couple of weeks for free, I manifested, um, one of my favourite, I always loved just like the really random ones, so I manifested um, a trip to Coachella um, with a complete stranger that I met in a restaurant the night before, And I had said before I went to LA, I was like, yeah, you know, I'm going to go to Coachella, I'm going to go there, it's going to be amazing. And then it kind of rolled around, I was like, oh, I'm not actually sure how this is going to fit into the travel plans I have, or if, you know, I was going to be traveling for three months, I'm like, "Mm, budget-wise, is this a smart idea? And what had actually happened was I left a bag of my stuff at the airport like a thousand dollars worth of my stuff at the airport and I hadn't managed to get it back and I was really sad about it so I took myself out for dinner to like cry about it I was like you deserve it as you do it's been a really fun yeah. day yeah. <laughs> and uh as I sat at the bar eating my food this woman's like oh my god what'd you order it looks amazing and we were chatting and she was like oh, uh, let's stay in touch on Instagram. And I didn't really think like we're going to stay in touch, I'm like, yeah, here's my Instagram. And the next day, she commented on one of my posts like, oh, do you want to go to Coachella? And I texted her and I was like, oh, like how much are you selling your tickets for? And she like phoned me. She video called me. She's in the supermarket walking around. She's got this like loud LA voice like, hey. And uh, she says that her friend has pulled out last minute and, and that she's booked an Airbnb. She's rented a car. She has a spare ticket. I don't need to pay for anything. I just need to be ready within the next 24 hours. And so I went. And it was you were like, yes, experience. I'm available. Yes. I was like, no, the plans I can come. What year was that? It was 2019,
0: beginning in 2019.
1: Yeah. Was that Beyoncé? Mm. No, I I think Billie Eilish. Um Oh,
0: that was the year after. Beyoncé was 2018. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Bey's Homecoming was 2018.
1: I missed the Homecoming, but it was
0: still amazing though. My friend danced in that with Beyoncé. Oh, really? That's like so such a random thing. Yeah, she was she danced for Beychella and I was like, that was probably the best Coachella performance I've ever seen. Well, that is amazing. I think, I just think it's really cool when, because, you know, so many people will say, oh, manifestation doesn't work. Like that's not a thing, you know, and, or, or I get people that say like, oh, I don't believe in manifestation because like I am Christian or whatever. And Mm -hmm. I, my response to them is always like. It can be, I mean, it's the relationship you have with the universe or source or God or whoever it is for you. But it's this, it's this, like you said, it's this deep personal relationship you have with yourself and whoever you believe is, you know, who you pray to. And I just think it's really cool that you have like, you have seemingly just really let go of that control of needing to know how everything is going to go for you. Can you speak to like different types of manifestation? Like how, if somebody is like sitting here and they're like, I would love to manifest my soulmate. Can you teach me how to do that? What are your tips?
1: Yes. I wanted to circle back to something that you just said about like releasing control because I used to be the biggest control freak. And I thought it was serving me because I was achieving and I was doing really well and I was getting good grades. of like, oh, this is good. Um, and, you know, people uphold perfectionism, used to, especially used to uphold perfectionism as a good thing. But ultimately, it's a real problem and it can be really insidious as well, like the relationship that women have to success. So releasing that control is definitely a learned thing. But the more you can like release your control in small ways, like, oh, what do you want to have for dinner tonight? Okay, you can choose, you know, and like releasing it in little ways, then it becomes easier to be like, how is this million dollars going to come? You know what? I'm going to lean back. and I'm going to let the universe support me in this one. So I wanted to just add that in there.
0: Yeah. And it's an even exchange of gratitude. I feel like like whenever I do human design stuff, I always talk with people about like, if you are, a spe- if, you're, if your manifestation process is supposed to be specific, there's this gratitude that the universe has for you, that you know what you want and you know how to ask for exactly what you need. And on the other side of that, if you are a non-specific manifester, like the universe is grateful that you are allowing it to fill in the blanks for you, that you trust it to have your back. Like it's always based in love and gratitude. And I think that's what some people forget is like, when, so, like, you kind of mentioned at the beginning of this, but like, when somebody's not getting what they want or they think that everything is not going their way, it's like, or are you just not upholding your end of the bargain by being like in that relationship with the universe, that gratitude and love relationship with the universe? Mm-hmm. You know? So, how does someone get started? So for
1: um, the way that I teach manifestation really came about from an experience that I had in 2018. And after having created my vision board in 2016, manifest all these incredible travel experiences, my soulmate, I was like, I am the manifestation queen. It's true. Yes, everyone. (laughs) And I was like, I'm going to create another vision board because everything I put on there comes true. And I looked back on it actually two years later and I realized like not a single thing on that vision board had manifested. I'm like, okay, there's obviously a major disconnect here. And what I realized is that the things I had put on there didn't actually resonate with the vision that I had for myself. They didn't resonate at that time, two years later, and they hadn't resonated then, but I put them on there because I thought that's what I should have, or this is, well, other people in my life who are doing, who have stayed home, they're building families, or they have this, or they have this, or, ooh, a certain number of followers is going to make me look good. But on a soul level, like none of those things actually resonated for me. And so what I realized is that many people will come into this process at the level of intention, like this is what I want to have, how do I get it? But I believe that there's a precursor to that, which led me to coming up with my five-step framework for manifestation. And I want to say here that we are all like so unique and so different. So this is a framework, not like you have to journal every day for 30 days at this specific prompt, because that's not going to work for everyone. It's like, here's how you want to feel. Here are some things you want to think about. What practices do you want to bring into that? So the first step of that I is Thank you. Um, the first step of that is embodying the vibe of your higher self. And that's thinking about, okay, before I go into what I want to have, like who do I actually want to be? Like what's important to me? How do I want to feel? Like what are my values? What is most important to me? And getting really clear on that. And that higher self vision of yourself is not to say like the version of you, who you are right now is trash and isn't good enough and you need to be better. But it's like, how can I unlearn all of the things I thought I needed to be to just be who I truly am? It's about that return to that childlike curiosity, that return to wonder, that return to our intuitive connection that is basically like, like Beyonce coming home, <laughs> homecoming. Um, there she is.
0: There's always, if there's so, a way to interject Beyonce into any conversation, I'll take it.
1: <laughs> I think it's such an important thing that not of not enough people stop to do and say like, wait, what actually do I value? Like, you know, we can talk about a business value and the company values, but what are your values? You, the person mm. you you know know, beyond all of these things that you have and so once you can get really grounded in that then we can look at setting powerful intentions and setting powerful intentions is yes intentions that you want for yourself that you truly want for yourself and you can check them for integrity like does this actually line up with my values does this line up with who I want to be does this line up with my higher self or like my previous self that I'm trying to cling to for the sake of like not losing a piece of me
0: would you say that that kind of like is uh I guess informed by where your intuition comes from. So if we're like going back to human design, like I know for me, I, when you said like, I used to try to manifest what I wanted based on what I thought I should want. And then when I really learned about human design, I was like, the last thing a generator should ever say is what I should want, because that goes against everything that you actually do want, which is like what your gut is saying as a full body. Yes. But obviously like wherever your intuition comes from, would you say that like, defining what you actually want comes from that place in you like where does? because I know a lot of people like will come on you know I'll get a lot of questions on the show about like I don't even know how to figure out what I want because I'll start to feel what I want and then I'll talk to someone else and I'll want something else and I've been telling people like you have to figure out where your intuition comes from and like let that guide you because that's your freedom but I'm curious if you have other suggestions as well to like add on to that
1: yeah absolutely and People will be like, oh, well, I don't think I have an intuitive connection. We all have that intuitive connection. We've just learned to ignore it. You know, society isn't like, oh, let's um, teach them at school how to connect with their intuition. It's like, no, this is a path that's laid out for you. Follow the path. Okay. Don't veer from the path. This is your path. And so, learning to re listen to ourselves as adults, especially when we've rejected that voice for so long, can cause a lot of people to question is this actually my intuition or is this fear? But the two do sound quite different. And more importantly than sounding different is that they feel different. So, your intuition is like a quiet knowing, and that fear ego voice will be like anxious energy, like a story that it's like trying to convince you to get on board with. But, intuition. Often, which is why it's hardest to listen to is because it will not always be talking and you know, a like, okay, here's a step-by-step of what you need to do next. it will be like, follow this. And you're like, wait, what does that mean? No, you know, but how do I know? And then you just have to like kind of figure it out, right? It's giving you some breadcrumbs, but not giving you the whole path. You have to learn how to follow the breadcrumbs for yourself, which is a beautiful lesson in itself, actually.
0: Yeah. I've been teaching my son about, cause he, his human design is ego intuition. And I'm like, Ooh, that's like a whole, that's like a double whammy right there because you, you know you're going to be told your whole life not to follow your ego that the ego is bad that the ego is negative and for you it's actually like the most important he's only 6 but to start this with him now like I'm hoping that he can be this master manifester by the time he's like 10 years old and reminding him that like your intuition Owen comes from what you want like just very plainly like what do you want what Like, what does your ego say is good for you? Like, that's what you have to listen to. And for me, it's my gut, you know, and like for other people, it's your sounding board and other people, it's your emotions. And there's so many different places it can come from. But I think you're right. I think when you said it's not about what it it like sounds like, it's like what it feels like, because everybody on this planet knows when they've experienced a full body. Yes. That just electrifies them from the inside out. And we, it's, I think it's true. I think we're taught to ignore that and we're taught to overthink things or we're taught to just follow the path that was given to us. And I really love, I really love that you, you said that. So you said, you said that was step one. So then you said the second step would be like setting clear intentions.
1: Yes. So yeah, the second step is around setting those intentions and making sure that they are actually intentions that you're setting for yourself. That's not to say other people can't be involved in the intention. Like, oh, I want to manifest this house for me and my partner. Like, Oh no, he's involved. So I can't manifest that. It's just make sure that, you know, you're primarily, putting yourself at the center of your world and that you're not just people pleasing falling into people pleasing tendencies cuz ultimately it's going to f- cause this sen- internal sense of disconnect.
0: Everyone I feel like is healing from being a people pleaser. Like I I feel like most adults this in my generation most adults are recovering people pleasers.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's because, you know, we're up until the age of seven, we are a sponge for what's going on around us. And we're trying to impress namely our parents or peers or whoever you grew up with. So of course, you're going to be a people pleaser. And then life is about unlearning that and learning how to put yourself at the center of your universe, which can be incredibly challenging, depending on what lived experiences you've had throughout your life.
0: Did you feel like, did you have any experiences like that when you were a kid that you Obviously, like your mom dying when you were so young was probably a huge one. But did you feel like there were experiences that you've come back to now as an adult and you went like, oh, wow, if only I would have known I could have done this so much differently? Or are you more of the camp of like, no, it happened for a reason and it led me to where I'm at today?
1: Yeah, I think the Mm, no, I can't really like off the top of my head think of anything that I look back on, and I'm like I wish I did that differently because you know it's um I don't know if you've ever read Burt Goldman quantum jumping but he talks about you know all the different possibilities and like if you and it's like the the film with Ashton Kutcher right the butterfly effect if you change one little thing it would have such a like a huge impact on everything else that follows so yeah it might seem like a seemingly inconsequential thing to you but in the grand scheme of your life it's all it's all connected so no I wouldn't change anything
0: I think it's really interesting that you said your mom was like so into spirituality and like personal development and all these things. Cause it makes me wonder, like, did she guide you to this? Like, I believe that my dad guided me to human design. Like I really do believe that. Cause the best everybody, like whenever I'm asked the question, Danielle, what's the best piece of advice you've ever received? It's always the advice that my dad died a little over a year ago. So I understand that pain so deeply. And you know he his the best advice I ever got was from him, and it was like, Danielle, I don't care what you do with your life, just let it make you happy and let it add value to the world like that is the best advice I've ever received and then, as I was directed to human design, and I've always been to into astrology like I was reading my friend's astrological charts from the time I was like sixteen years old, so it was a very natural progression to human design, but it's so crazy that now I like I part of it was manifestation. And part of it was, I feel like I was guided there by my dad, because that's literally as a generator, my purpose on this planet is to do what makes me happy. Cause that adds value to the world. It's so crazy how that works out. That's really
1: beautiful. That's really beautiful. And yeah, it's, it is so interesting how these paths play out. And so, yeah, looking back, there are not things that I would change, but I think you know, moving into the third step of the framework, which is energetic blocks and boundaries, is that when you can build that relationship and do things like shadow work and learn what your limiting beliefs are, what your energetic blocks are, then you know, like, when you're working through that, you have such a compassionate view towards yourself. Like, doing this work and being like, oh, I was, like, so angry back then, or I wish I hadn't said that in a certain way. You can look at yourself and say, like, I just want to send her so much love. Like, Mm. yeah, that was, like, something that maybe you know, now I probably wouldn't do or I probably wouldn't say I probably wouldn't react in that way. But I I have so much love for that version of me. And ultimately, you know, the shadow parts of ourselves are our inner children. And we do have to treat them with compassion because they deserve that.
0: Would the energetic blocks and boundaries also include like cord cutting and cutting off like emotional things that are like taking up space in your brain rent free?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Any excess attachments that can even be like, physical space like for me clearing out my wardrobe especially like I always say this to women clearing out your underwear drawer is a very spiritual practice like if you really have stuff in there that's been like there for like years getting holes in it it's getting a bit gray like that shit needs to go it needs to go And yeah, a lot of our energy is tied up in our physical things and also our energetic things. And you think you maybe pass something and then you go into a forgiveness practice and so many emotions come up around that. And you're like, oh, I did need to release and not even it's not even about the other person. It's about you and giving yourself that sense of freedom.
0: Yeah, because if we don't, you know, and I I see this in people's, you know, in people's businesses a lot, like. I find that, I mean, it shows up in a lot of areas, but I feel like not cutting emotional ties or energetic ties to things that are no longer serving you really show up in your ability to make money. You know, like a lot of those traumas that we hold on to are really affecting our current money story and our relationship with money. And so, you know, I realized a couple months ago that there were some energetic ties I needed to cut to actually like my dad. And I've told this story on the podcast a couple times, but, you know, realizing that a lot of like, my inability to attract and manifest more wealth into my life had a lot to do with the fact that I grew up at with three very strong like money saboteurs the child, the codependent, and the overcompensator. And a lot of that came from my dad because we did not grow up with lack. We grew up with way more than like way abundance. And on the outside, people go, that's a great thing. Like you grew up in abundance. How amazing. Yes and because of that i then had these little things that were holding i was holding on to and i didn't even realize I, like it's crazy how you don't like you kind of nailed this like you don't really realize what you're holding on to until you go into that forgiveness practice and then you kind of go oh shit like that's actually what's been keeping me from really expanding into that next level of growth you know it's it's wild it's wild Gay Hendrix
1: actually talks about this in The Big Leap where he talks about upper limiting and why we're like sabotaging our own success and like limiting our own success. And everyone's looking out for fear of failure. No one's looking for fear of success. So actually learning that about yourself, you're like, okay, this is confronting. Um, Mm. And I think once we begin to open ourselves up to looking for those more confronting things is when that deep level of change really begins to happen because we're going beyond the surface to what is truly powering us
0: can you talk about like upper limit in relationship to manifest like manifestation and how they can like be in relation and then they can also like one can prevent the other
1: so in um his book the big leap gay hendricks basically coined this term upper limiting which is where you'll get to a certain level of happiness success fulfillment before you begin to feel uncomfortable and either subconsciously or consciously you'll begin to sabotage that because you haven't gone beyond that level and you don't feel comfortable holding that level of joy happiness success Uh, and it's not when we talk about self-sabotage it's not from a place of like you don't want to be happy, but it's more from a place that your subconscious mind is trying to protect you from what it believes is perceived danger. So if it's not safe for you to be successful, and an example of this that I often see my clients is no one else in my family has been an entrepreneur. So if I'm successful in my business as an entrepreneur, is this going to isolate me from my family? Is this going to other me? Are they going to judge me? Uh, and then that is something that could cause to that like subconscious sabotage. That is could cause to you upper limiting yourself because The perceived danger is bigger than the perceived, um, what's the opposite word of
0: danger? (laughs) Like success.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So the, if when the danger outweighs like the reward, then you're always going to sabotage it because of your subconscious mind, that's its job to keep you alive and to keep you safe. So if anything is going to affect that is what is going to be perceived to affect that, then you're going to destroy it. Mm-hmm. And that can be really hard to hear that we have these limits, but notice like when you look back on past things, even if you have manifested something amazing and then instantly you've been like this isn't going to last, how long is it for, I don't deserve this, all those feelings coming up, that's limiting as well, because you're not actually letting yourself enjoy what you've manifested and held into your world, it's one thing to manifest something, but it's also another thing to receive it, to graciously receive it, like how are you receiving a compliment, does someone say, oh you look really great today, and you're like, oh this is all, like I got it ages ago, it's really cheap, like "Mm, no, so Building that relationship to receiving is going to help you to bust through your upper limit problems and also noticing like what is actually informing that upper limit problems. Is it from fear of judgment? Is it from fear of, well, if I reach this level of success then other people aren't going to look after me anymore, like where is it actually coming from so that you can move beyond it?
0: That was mine. My my upper limit was like that codependent thing. Like I had always been able to leap because the net would appear. And it's like why I held on to a corporate job for so long alongside like building my own businesses because I was upper limiting myself. And I, you know, I, I, I felt like I was manifesting something bigger and I was, and I realized now that the universe wasn't able to actually give me what I really was searching for because I had this block that was my upper limit. And that was my inability to leave something safe because of the fear of like not having a net appear, right? And so healing that trauma ultimately is what allowed me to manifest like even bigger things for myself, which are now coming to fruition. But for a while, it did feel like nothing was happening. For a while, I was like, oh shit, like I am falling. I am free falling through space. I am in this, I am in the ether and I don't know where I'm at. But it is crazy. It's like I mean, you you're really uh, you're real everything you're saying is relating to me so much and I feel like relating to so many people on this podcast cuz I get questions all the time about how do I know that I am manifesting in the right way? And I think this this whole thing so far has been so confirming for people that there's really no right or wrong way. It's just that relationship that you're building with yourself, right? Truly. So,
1: yeah, and it blocks and boundaries. There is a lot around there, and it's one that you will find that you continue to come back to. It's not like, oh, I've worked through this upper limit once; like that's it, gone forever. And that's important to say as well is like when you have challenges come back, camp come up, and you perhaps react in a way that you're like, oh, I thought I was like more woke than this, or I thought I was past this, and you like actually, at the moment, that doesn't mean that you're going backwards or that you've like ruined all of your efforts. Sometimes what will happen is that. Your subconscious mind at a given time will repress things, and this can be like big T trauma, and can also be like little T trauma, which is things that we would not typically view as traumatic. And then it will present it to you later when you have actually more tools and resources and knowledge to deal with it. So if something's coming up that you thought you dealt with it's not because you're going backwards, but actually because you have more tools, resources to actually be able to deal with it now. Um, and so what a lot of people can find is as they go on this manifestation journey and on this growth journey, it's like, why is more stuff coming up now that I know more and I'm more aware and I'm more in this process of self-inquiry? And it's like, well, because you know more, you have more tools, you have more resources and you can begin to heal those parts of you. And that this journey is continually ongoing because you're never fully in a vert healed. It's, it just continues. And I don't say that to scare you, but more for, for a level of awareness. <laughs>
0: Well, and I feel like too the the higher you go in that awakening with yourself, and that re- that deeper you go into that relationship with yourself, you actually like uncover a lot more. So actually, that road I've found in my own journey has, I've gotten it's gotten a lot lonelier and a lot harder before it get feels easier. Like it has, to, it's it got worse before it got better. But you know, the opposite of down is up, right? So the more you allowed yourself to go into those valleys and those like shadow those shadows of yourself like the more enlightenment you have on the other side
1: Mm, yeah absolutely just have to allow yourself to go there and to know that there is that you know universal law of polarity and that everything has a positive and negative and up and a down and if you're in your down just know that that's not going to last forever and if you're in your up really savor and have gratitude for that moment because that's not going to last forever either
0: so what's number four
1: Number four is balancing your feminine and masculine energy. And yeah, this looks at the love way that you take one. action. <laughs> and we all have feminine and masculine energy, whether you identify as male, female, or non-binary, or something else in between. And these energies are about the way that we show up in the world. They're not how outwardly facing, like I'm dressing a certain way, this makes me feminine. It's about the type of energy that we have within us that can be seen or touched and felt. And that masculine energy is more of the strategic, it's more of the giving, it's more of the details, analytical mindset. And then the feminine is more of the flow, more of the ease, more of the intuition. And both of these energies can have this beautiful dance together. And it's not that one is better than the other. And depending on who you are, you will find yourself gravitating perhaps more to one than the other. And also based on where you're at in your life, like you may have felt like you were more masculine in this period of your life and you're more feminine in this period of your life as you're like learning to trust and learning to receive more. So It doesn't really matter which one's more important for you, but it just matters that you're acting in a way that's in alignment with the way that you work best, not just like trying to force, well, this is how someone else does it. So I have to make it do this way, you know, like you were talking about with being specific and non-specific manifestor. If you're like, well, I have to know every single detail of the things that I want. And even though it's really hard for me to come into the detail, I just have to force myself to do it. Whereas that's that's not honoring your process the most important part of manifestation is honoring your process like what's working for you what is evoking those emotions and feelings in you what makes me feel a certain type of way isn't necessarily going to make you feel a certain type of way and I um a couple of years ago I learned that the way I visualize is not the way that other people visualize my friend was talking about vision boys and talking about um visualizing something and just the way she described it kind of threw me off a little bit I was like you're like actually seeing the pictures when you close your eyes, you can see things. And she's like, yeah, don't don't you? I was like, no, I thought we were just thinking about the concepts when we closed <laughs> our eyes. And she's like, no, uh, and that blew my mind. I was like, oh, there's this whole other world that people are seeing. So for me, Envision still so works because in my mind, I'm like thinking about concepts, but the way that it works for other people is seeing pictures. And if I tried to force myself to see pictures, it's just probably going to end up frustrating me, honestly. So I do it in a way that works best for me.
0: I focus on feeling like I, I, when I close my eyes, I'm like concepts and how I'm, how I want to feel in that situation versus like what it's going to look like or smell like or taste like, like that like I agree that frustration is the, I mean, obviously human design, that's like the perfect word to describe it. Um, Do you think that for masculine and feminine energy, like talking about that, do you feel that most women who enter the entrepreneurial space get very heavy in their masculine energy? Yeah, absolutely. And it it almost like, I realized that about myself. Like when I dove into entrepreneurship, like I have been in my masculine for so long that I almost forgot how to nurture and how to cultivate. And like, what I try to tell people all the time is you're never going to create something in your masculine energy. It's always going to be birthed when you have tapped in, like tapped into your feminine energy. Like birth happens in your feminine energy, not in your masculine. Masculine can perfect it. It can come up with the system. It can like make it more efficient, but it's not going to create it. And I found when I first started, I was trying to create in this masculine go, do, figure it out energy. And it was just frustrating me so bad.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I was exactly the same. I was just like, when I first started, my first business was in 2018 and this is when, you know, people like Gary V were super popular and I'm like, well, if Gary says I don't need sleep, I obviously don't need sleep. And I was, I just worked myself to the point of burnout, which is what happens. Like when you're playing in the energy that doesn't resonate with you, something has to give. So if you're going like so hard in your masculine, and you're not giving yourself room to breathe, you're going to burn out. And similarly, if you're in your feminine and you're just constantly feeling like in this state of flow and you're thinking about the big picture thinking, and you're thinking out all the ideas, like you actually have to do something you know you have to actually act on these things to make it happen so it is a dance between the two and there's no one perfect way um you know just as we have that masculine and feminine energy we also have seasons within our lives and our businesses where there will be some that are more tending to the hustle some more that are leaning back and that is just kind of the way that nature and also life works is moving through these seasons. And the best thing that you can do is understanding how to support yourself through each of the seasons for you. And that kind of leads into the final point, which is surrender. This is the final step. And it's about building that sense of faith in yourself primarily, but also in the universe, God, source, spirit, whatever you like to call it, and knowing that you are always supported, you always have been, you always will be. And there's something so so beautiful and incredible about that. And when we can lean into that surrender and let go a little bit more each time, it's not that it becomes easier, but that we just learn how to trust for the first time.
0: Wow. Yeah. I mean, that learning to trust though is so difficult. Like, I think, I I think that people like Gary V people, you know, some of these like kind of going back to human design, right? Like, this, the, the world's messaging has kind of fallen into like the messaging of a manifester, right? Because like, they were always the people that were elevated to these positions of power in our societies. Cause they were the, they got the ball rolling. They were the fire starters. They were the, don't sleep. You don't need to sleep. Just keep going. Go, go, go. Very masculine energy. Right. And so now we have this whole world that thinks they need to operate in this masculine manifester, go figure it out. Know all the answers space. And really they only represent like 11% of the population, right? So it's like, we have all of this messaging going to, like only directed at 11% of the population. And then I, I found that I was very much in that I have been operating. Like I am, I have to figure it out. I have to do it because I can, because I'm that person, because I'm the one who can just always like make shit happen. And then I wasn't trusting that the universe had my back. Like I, I said, I did. I was, I was always like, oh yeah, universe has my back. Like everything just works out for me. But actually it was because I was trying to have so much control over the situation that I wasn't allowing myself to fall, right? And sometimes it's about like allowing yourself to fail and realizing that that doesn't make you a failure. It just means that you're learning lessons along the way. And that was so hard for me. That was, I mean, I think of all the lessons I've learned, trusting in the universe, whoo, hardest one. <laughs> Yeah, I absolutely
1: agree Um, that trusting is something that it does definitely take a lot of work. And again, based on the experiences you've had in the past, if you've had experiences where you have learned not to trust, whether it's people or the universe, that unlearning that can be a real process. And you have to honor that for yourself, not try and like force yourself to like rush through it and say like, I'm there, I'm there, when you secretly are feeling like I'm nowhere near.
0: Do you subscribe to that saying, um, when nothing's happening, everything is happening? Oh, I've never heard that before, but
1: I, I can see what has happened behind that. I think something that I share a lot is like, I don't really believe in instant manifestation or I manifested this overnight. I always say that actually this is the result of the compound effect and all the work that that person has done up until this point that makes it easy for the opportunities or things to happen overnight. It doesn't just happen from those 24 hours, but it's like 24 hours plus 28 years or, you know, all Mm. of that stuff that's gone on beforehand. So Mm -hmm. I think it's important to always gain that sense of perspective on what, you know, and add in that context that can sometimes be missing, not intentionally, but, you know, we have a certain character limit on Instagram, on TikTok. There's only so much you can put into a post. So when you find that there's context missing, don't be afraid to ask.
0: Yeah, it's so true. I think, yeah, I mean, you think about all the times that you you see somebody and you go, oh, they're an overnight success, or that was an overnight success. And it's like, well, it may seem like that on the outside, but what, what happened in the shadows? Like what happened in order for them to get there? Because at the end of the day, like whether, you know, you'll find, I think relating this like whole concept of manifestation back to business, right? You, you'll get to these moments of success, right? Where you'll feel that success. You'll feel that satisfaction, whatever that feeling of alignment is for you. You'll feel that, but it's important to remember that there's no lesson being learned in that moment, right? Like what I think about back to, um, I talked about this on the show a couple of weeks ago, like there was a moment where I was, I had I had done the work, I had compounded the efforts, I did all the work and I was able to actually like take my dad and my stepmom to Positano and like put them up in this amazing hotel and like put my fiance and up in this like in the presidential suite, we had like a full-on balcony that just like overlooked Positano. And it was this moment of like, Holy shit, like we did it. But it wasn't overnight. It was everything that had happened leading up to that moment. But you don't learn anything in that moment. Like I'm not learning the lesson while I'm overlooking Positano and it's like sunset, right? The lessons that I learned and the the like that deep personal work that I did on relate my relationship with self and the universe happened in those moments that I was like, nothing's happening. I'm trying to manifest and it's not working. But actually, it was working it was just, I was trying to have too much control over it in those moments when really I needed to just surrender, you know? Yeah.
1: I think we have our timelines and then there's the universe's timeline and we forget like the universe is not going to be like, oh no, it's 5 PM. I haven't got her what she wanted yet. So yeah, just zooming out and looking at the grand scheme of things and also remembering to celebrate yourself on the journey. Like this, the journey is the major part of it. And then like what, when you actually get it's like the final 5% at the end. And if throughout that whole 95%, you're like beating yourself up and I'm so shit and nothing ever works out, it's still not going to feel that good when you actually get it. So make sure to be like celebrating yourself every single day.
0: Yeah. And I I want you to talk about a little bit, like people only think that manifestation works for positive things. Um, I would love for you to talk about like how manifestation can, like it, it works both ways. So like your thoughts and the things that you actually cause like the also like the, the universe, it doesn't, it knows when you're not being honest, like it, it, it senses your deepest desires, not just what you're saying in your mind or like saying out loud or writing on your affirmation board or whatever. Like it's not just, it doesn't just listen to that. It actually hears like your deepest desires, like the things that maybe you aren't speaking. So I would love for you to touch on like when you're manifesting Like that, going back to that importance of really knowing and like getting clear on like what it is that you want, because if you're manifesting something that you don't actually want, like you're actually, you're, you're also manifesting negative things into your life as well. Right. Can you speak on that? So
1: when it comes to manifestation, going back to that relationship between your conscious and subconscious mind is knowing that the conscious mind is like the top level, like think about it like an iceberg, your conscious mind is like what you can see, And then below the surface is that subconscious mind. So if we're setting these conscious intentions, like this is what I want to have. And then we're just like jumping straight into our practices that we believe is going to bring it towards us. And we haven't actually gone below the surface of the feelings that come up. Like when we write that intention and say, I'm going to manifest a million dollars and we go, okay, like I'm going to go out and do this and do this. And we ignore that little voice in the background. That's like, yeah, there's no way this is going to happen. (laughs) You are an absolute failure no freaking way. So if you don't actually pay heed to that voice and just try and, ignore it and stuff it down what's going to happen is that's actually going to persist and it's going to come out in other ways um so when we talk about positive and negative we have to remember that we're the ones that are attributing good and bad positive and negative and when we can understand the perceptions that we are projecting onto things and that actually allows you to bring the power back to yourself and what you're creating So if you don't like what you're currently creating and you don't like what you have, I always say this to people. If they're like, oh, I've manifested so many bad things into my life. I'm like, well, actually, you're still a powerful manifester. It's just about redirecting that energy to more of the things that you want to have in your life rather than the things that you don't want to have.
0: I remember there was this. So every time, gosh, I I can't tell you the number of times like this has happened where I I've said, oh, my gosh, like I can just feel that this is going to happen. And it's like a negative thing. And that most recently this happened with like a conversation I was going to have with my son's dad who like him and I 90% of the time, 99% of the time get along very well. We're very good friends. Like it's an amazing relationship. And then every once in a while I'll be like, oh my gosh, I can just feel that something's going to happen. Like I can just feel like we're about to have a fight. Like it's been a while since we've argued. Like I can just feel it every single time that is exactly what happens. Right. And then also in like, in addition to that, there was this time where Breezy and I were going to Palm Springs, um, for what well, we were going for stagecoach. Um, cause we do stagecoach and, uh, the year before we had had the most epic stagecoach experience. And it was honestly, because we both didn't put any attachment to it. We were like, we're going, we're going to have a great time. And then the universe filled it in. Cause again, we're both non-specific manifestors. So it was like, We're going, we're going to have a great time. It was the most fun we had ever had. Our friends were all there. Like everything just worked, right? Like we were, we always got an Uber. We always, it was always like cheaper than it should have been. Like dinner was always awesome. Like the, you know, where we got to see, like everything was perfect. The next year, we went, I was like, well, let's try to recreate that. And in my mind, like, I kept saying to myself, like, you should just, you should just let go. You should just surrender. You should just surrender. But I never said that. I was like, okay, let's make sure that we do exactly what we did so that we can get that same Uber situation. Let's do, let's get exactly the same dinner. Let's leave, let's stay at the same place, like trying to recreate it. And the entire time, I shit you not, like every single thing that could have gone wrong, did. Like we could not find an Uber. My shoe broke and I had to walk barefoot. It was on surge pricing times four. Like the, the, like the restaurant closed, like we couldn't find our friends. My phone died. Right. And so halfway through the stagecoach experience, I finally was like, you know what? Let's stop making plans. Like, let's just at this point, whatever happens happens. And guess what happened? From that moment, it was awesome. And it's like you really do like manifestation is going to it's going to manifest for you however you see it, right? It doesn't just mm. it manifestation doesn't just work in like manifesting 000, 000, 000 a million dollar year. It also can manifest in like everything going negative or sour if that's, you know, what you allow in.
1: Yeah, we create these self-fulfilling prophecies and you have to be really aware of what we're speaking and it's very easy to hear terms like thoughts become things and be like wait but I don't actually understand how that happened but you know your thoughts are impacting how you believe your belief is impacting the way that you act the way that you act is impacting your results so when you follow it through with a thought like I'm amazing and following that through to how things would turn out to following it through with I'm a piece of shit and following it through to how things would turn out there. You can see how the past looked like so different. So that's why that we are constantly doing things like the thought work and checking in with ourselves and creating that space for ourselves to feel so that we're not like, number one, like repressing stuff below the surface, because we actually do need to experience those emotions. It's not that we can't have like negative emotions ever. That's also not helpful for anyone. But it's also around creating that intentional time to check in with yourself and to also check in with your vision. Like you don't just say that you're going to manifest something once and then often there's some like little course corrections, some little tweaks, you have some like more information, you change things differently and you have room to play. Like manifestation shouldn't feel so serious all the time. There's definitely room to play within there. and. For me, one of the most fun manifestations that I had actually was um, during second lockdown here in Melbourne, so we had six. (laughs) during the second one we had a lot of spare time on my hands I had this friend and she'd always been entering competitions and she told me how she'd win like loads of competitions and I would tag her in some if I ever saw them on Instagram but I never entered them for myself because I was just like this is just something that she does and when I had spare time on my hands I'm like okay I want to I want to get into this competition thing that you're doing like I'm 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 here for it I'm open and within the first week we both won a competition together that picked two winners and I was like okay I can see that this happens, and not just for like other people, but this could happen for me as well. And if it could happen for me once, like, what if I played with the idea that it could happen multiple times, and more than happening multiple times, it's going to happen happen every single week. And so, for the next six months, I won like nine thousand dollars of prizes with everything from holiday money, clothes, food, literally everything.
0: That's so cool. That's so cool. It's just it's so interesting because, like, even the other night we it was Super Bowl here. And there's this like game, this like betting game that you can play called squares. And it's basically like it's very complicated and I don't even understand how it is, but basically like you buy squares and it it all has to do with like the ending scores. And so there's like prize money that you can win at the first quarter, at halftime, at third quarter, at the ending quarter. And I walked in, I really could care less about the Super Bowl, like could care less, but but I really love Snoop Dogg and <laughs> Dr. Dre and Eminem. So I was like, I'm going to go for this halftime performance and like live out my high school life all over again, because this is literally speaking to my generation. So I walk in like 30 seconds before halftime and Breezy, my fiance goes, we are about, we are, it's, we're, it's on our square and it's 30 seconds until we win $500. And I was like, in my mind, I was like, well, this is fun. What if, what if we won it? we're going to win it. Of course we're going to win it. And it's, I've gotten into the practice of not saying like, we will do that. I am going to do that. I've just been in this practice of saying, I'm so grateful that the universe is granting me all the things that I want. I'm so grateful for this abundant life. And because I've found that whenever I focus on like what I will do, what I'm going, what's going to happen, I'm focused really, I'm most, my, my subconscious is just focused on the fact that I don't have it yet. So that for me has been really working. And so I just knew, I was like, we're going to win. Of course we're going to win it. And then as soon as we won it, I was like, and then what would happen if we won the last, like the final score, which is another $1,500? Like what if that happened? And sure enough, we earned it and we won it. And and Breezy was like, did you manifest that? I was like, I just said, I was really grateful for the abundantly flow, like the abundant flow of money that the universe was granting us. Like I just was, I just practiced a lot of gratitude in that moment. And And it worked. And it's just so funny because, you know, when you get into this, this flow state of gratitude and love and just really respecting that relationship between self and universe or self and God, like, I mean, it's, that's really magic. Like alignment is magic, right?
1: Yeah, I totally agree. I think there is something so beautiful about playing in the
0: realm of possibility. So how can that affect, like, how can that be put into your business? Like, this is kind of like my final big question for you. So if I'm starting a business And there's a lot of unknowns, and I'm very scared. And I am constantly thinking about what could go wrong. You know, what would be your tips for that person in terms of manifestation?
1: Number one, like how exciting you've just started a business and embarked on this incredible journey. First of all, congratulations, celebrate, and celebrate and acknowledge yourself for even taking that decision, making that step. Because so many people, Um, that I've encountered you know say like oh one day I'll do this one day do this but they never do and you're so many steps ahead of those people that have never put their foot forward and then in terms of manifesting success in your business is being clear about what success actually looks like for you rather than someone else's model of success so you may be like I have to get to this like seven dollar business straight away but actually for you what that looks like is Getting to a place where you can support your family, getting to a place where you can have um, the extra time to do the things that you enjoy doing. So understanding what your model of success actually is, and then rather than waiting to get there to feel into that, start feeling into that now. Like if I was already at that level, if I already had that thing, what would I do differently? And something that I share for people who are manifesting money is like, okay, say you want to manifest an extra ten thousand dollars, like what areas of your life would that $10,000 go to? And let's say next month, you only have an extra $10, divide that in the same areas that you would have, Divided the 10,000 so that you're still indicating in small ways that it's not as far away as you think. And when you can prove to yourself that it's not that far away, then you begin to believe it. So it's not about jumping from zero to a 100 straight away, because for most people that doesn't work. But it's like, can I go from zero to 10, 10 to 20, 20 to 30 and build myself through those levels of belief, but through those levels of confidence to the place where I trust myself, I trust the universe. And of course, I'm always supported because evidence shows that that's been the case
0: yeah and then you can get to the point where you you know when once it continues to work and you're refining that relationship you can get to the point where you can say we're never going to have less than a fifty thousand dollar month like that's our standard now and we're only going to build upon that and because you've shown the universe that you are in partnership with it like it's going to it's going to answer and be like okay that's where we're at great let's do that awesome
1: yeah yeah Absolutely. It's not always about like, you know, in the beginning stages, you may want to be staggering those jumps like 10 to 20, 20 to 30, but then you'll find like, okay, I'm finding my foot in here. Let's go from 30 to 70. Let's see what that would feel like. Okay, that feels pretty cool. Let's jump from this. And you get to take those bigger leaps and those bigger jumps because you you know you've built that kind of weight like we talked about earlier that like compounding effect and I love what you said about raising your standards for what you're available for because that goes back to the you know energetic blocks and boundaries is that like you have to like draw a line in the sand is that the expression they use you have to draw a line in the sand and be like okay straight up like I'm not available for this anymore I'm sorry I'm not available for people who are going to make me feel this way I'm not available for my own BS excuses I am not available for this what I am available for is blah 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 So when it comes to your business, you can absolutely do a, I'm available for, and I'm not available for, and remind yourself of that constantly as well. Like hold yourself to the standards that you're saying for yourself, because the more you can keep the promises that you make to yourself, like that's how your confidence really skyrockets.
0: I read somewhere that the most successful people in terms of setting boundaries, the most successful people say no most often. And a lot of people don't realize that no is a complete sentence and people always think that no is a negative thing. Like no, saying no to something is blocking energy, but actually saying no to something that is not serving you or is not a full body yes is actually just creating more space for the universe to give you what you actually want, which will allow you to further provide the gifts to the world that you were designed to give. So it's like a really interesting way of thinking about it. But it's not, you know, I, that's the number one thing I try to coach people on is like, no is not a bad word. No is actually one of the most empowering words you can say when it's used in a way that is serving you and your highest self.
1: Yeah. It's funny. Cause I was just talking about this on Instagram yesterday and saying no is actually saying yes to yourself.
0: Mm, yes, girl. Say that louder 10 times. That's amazing. So, okay. I want to know if somebody wants to work with you, they want to come in and soak up everything. I follow you on Instagram, but go ahead and blast yourself out. Where can people find you? How can people work with you? Tell us all the things.
1: Yeah, we can hang out on Instagram at FESL to underscore. And I'm the same name on TikTok as well. I have a podcast, the manifest edit podcast. And I also have a free training on the power of subconscious manifestation, which we touched on a little bit today, but how to really begin to set up those processes to manifest on autopilot. And there will be a link for that in the show notes. <laughs> Otherwise it's yes. a fearselter.com forward slash freebie. It'll be in the show notes. Oh, great.
0: <laughs> yeah. We're going to put all of this in the show notes. I have a link. There's a link to your podcast. Uh, there's a link to your Instagram. There's a link to your website, all the things we're going to put in there. Um, if, yeah, I just can't thank you enough. I, I could talk. I mean, I feel like this could be a nine hour episode, Um, you're just really amazing. And it's just been so, I think time is such a gift. And the fact that you've given us like an hour of your time today, and it's just been such a really great experience. So I want to thank you for giving us all of these amazing gifts that you've given us today. And I know, I know the listeners of this show are just so grateful because this is everything they always talk about that they want from, from my guests. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Oh, and thank you for having me and take whatever message that you need to hear out of this podcast episode. You don't necessarily need to like take every single thing and like feel like you have to implement it all at once. Like what most jumped out at you and then follow that thread. Oh, uh, so
0: true. Well, y'all go hang out with her on Instagram, go work with her, go take her course, go listen to her podcast. And yeah, I'm sure we will talk to you soon. Have a great day. I really hope you enjoyed that episode. I know I did. I loved talking to her every I feel like we could have talked for hours. And one of the biggest takeaways I had is that manifestation should always feel abundant. And I think sometimes I'll try to manifest and if it doesn't happen, I'll get so in my head about it. And really just letting that go and trusting that there's no right or wrong way to manifest and just being really, really planted in that is something I'm really looking forward to. So if you liked this episode, share it with somebody who you think might also love it or need to hear it today. We um, can also share it to your Instagram stories. I love being tagged and people who are listening to the podcast and I will always, always, always reshare it. You can always tag me at Danielle underscore on the daily. Please go check out if page work with her if you can. She's amazing. She is such a light to this world. And um, I hope that you got everything you needed from that episode. We'll be back on Friday with another Unplugged. And until then, I wish you the most amazing, most abundant and manifesting week ever. See you soon.